Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. As you probably know, being a young adult is sometimes just as confusing as it can be exciting. Our 20s and 30s bring about many life-altering decisions and seasons of change. How we decide to live through those seasons will directly impact us in the long run. Our vision for this podcast is to help you make your life count by knowing Jesus, loving Him, and becoming like Him daily. Having said that, here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. Hey, my name's Biffy Cliff. Welcome to the Long Run Podcast. I'm an associate pastor at FBC Covington. I'm well-liked by many. Sounds really good. You have a really good uh, radio resume, too, Weston. Oh, excuse me. No. I've I'm, been on the radio longer than you. Uh, let me start that over. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is Spiffy Cliffy, otherwise known as Cliff Marion, associate pastor at FBC Covington. Oh, Weston, I'm so glad you could have me on today. So glad I could bless you with my presence and my radio skills and abilities are you trying to test just your mic or mine am i the top am i the top one weston what (laughs) i'm confused (laughs) it's okay i'm just acting like you cliff all right you actually spent some time in radio didn't you yeah for about three years I, i did the friday morning radio show every every week and you have a nickname for yourself spiffy cliffy Spiffy Cliffy. You know, I personally like whenever we go out to eat or you're on the phone and you explain your name. You know, because some people can't hear. Some people can't understand. You don't want to get it wrong at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get it right with the telemarketer, tele, telemarketer on the phone. And so you say, yeah, my name is Cliff, like jumping off a cliff. And it gets a laugh like about 75% of the time. You know, and I thought that was so clever. I was like, I'm going to try that. Because a lot of times I say Weston, but maybe I kind of mumble or it's, sometimes you just can't hear it. And so I told this lady, I was like, okay, my name's Weston, like the hotel. Like the hotel. Yeah, like the hotel. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> There's a that lot do, of hotels they don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of hotels they don't know about. And she, Western? <laughs> and you know what she says to me? This is Chick-fil-A, too. She says, oh, Weston, like the movie, like the movies. And I looked at her, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what she's talking I about. <laughs> I got my ticket, and it said Western. <laughs> uh. <laughs> she must have thought like the best Western, too. <laughs> Um, People are crazy, man. I get two things. They either laugh and say, that, that's funny, or the other thing I get is, well, I hope you don't do it. <laughs> Jump off a cliff. I'm like, oh, okay, lady. <laughs> okay, this is, too, <laughs> this is too far. And then you just give that awkward laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get on with the business. Give me my Coke Zero. What'd you do this past weekend? Did you uh, get in your pool any? This weekend, I uh, I swam, and my family, or my wife had uh, a bunch of her sisters over, so and they were swimming, and I hung out in the house. Sounds boring. It was terrible. Is so that was, why you were texting me, come over? <laughs> well, you came over, yeah, like after they left, and, they left, and I was like, I was home by myself. It was good. I'll tell you what I got into. You already know, but you can, see, you can probably see the line down my face. Where did you get that? It's poison ivy. I know where were you working? Yeah, here at the house or whatever. You know, my dad just just works me like a dog. It's pitiful. And he hired two high schoolers. And for oh, those yeah. who don't know my dad, he never stops. And what's mm-hmm. his famous motto on vacation? You got to work to have fun. He's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And these two high schoolers are standing under the shade. It's 95 degrees outside. And they said, does he ever stop? And I was like, yeah. And he had heart surgery about a year and a half ago. <laughs> and they're just slow. Like, but, man, I got into this poison ivy. And I, I should have known better. I should have known not to even go near it because I know I'm going to get it. I was like, well, I can mm-hmm. I can step through it, you know what I mean? But somehow it just leeches on to me. I don't even know what poison ivy looks like. So It's like three little leaves. Yeah, but there's a lot of three little leaves. I'm is always, marijuana three leaves? I, I'm sitting here telling you, I take pictures. I'm like, is this 
poison ivy? They're like, no. I'm like, is this? No. Is it? So I'm like, I, I think that I know what it is, but I don't. Didn't know it was wearing camouflage. But that kind of goes with what we're talking about today. You know, I shouldn't have gotten near the poison ivy, no, but I did. Were, you got near it, and it yeah, got what, you. What are we talking about, Cliff? So today we're talking about uh, sin and temptation and uh, how to overcome it. Uh, it's a very popular topic, I think, among uh, authors, podcasters, preachers, uh, uh, accountability partners. It's, I think it's the the million-dollar question, how do I overcome sin? And so, Why is it such a popular question? Uh, because we all uh, still live in the flesh of the sinful nature, uh, mm-hmm. and we all struggle with it. And so there's the desire and to grow and not, not struggle with sin as much. But as long as we're alive, we're going to be in this flesh flesh this vessel and it's always going to be a battle absolutely absolutely so we're talking about this because like you mentioned last week yeah we changed the topics to an audible in there it's becoming summertime you know there's gatherings going on parties going on going to the beach uh you're around more people uh coronavirus you're around 50 percent of the people <laughs> you're normally be around and so these temptations are arising a little bit more that you probably wouldn't experience in the wintertime or the normal semester if you're in college. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of calling an audible, last week we decided to do a discussion on uh, race relations and, and things of that nature. And I think we we did a the best job that you and I could do, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it, it really is all about listening and, and trying to engage people different and learning and, and empathizing. And, yeah, and, and so, can. yeah, we're trying to do that. And so uh, that ended up being our, our most popular podcast that we've done. We got a whole 50 downloads. <laughs> yeah, right. Like four, 40 of them are for us. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, so that was good. But I am excited about this podcast. So how do you uh, battle with sin? Like, how do you fight the good fight? Right. That's That's the question now. And I'll ask it from my perspective, young adult, because what are you like? You're like 45 or something like that. I'm uh, you got young, a lot of 36. <laughs> Sorry, I'll round it up on you. <laughs> so, Cliff, as far as it goes to fighting temptation, how do you overcome temptation when you're you know, being tempted? First off, I will say this. The sin that you face in your 30s uh, tend to be the same sins uh, that, that you gave into in middle school, high school, and college. A lot of things aren't new. Now, for me, uh, it could be, you know, I'm married, I have children, so the sin might look different, you know? So if, mm. if I, instead of sleeping around, well, now it's an affair, you know? Okay, Not biblically, yeah. right? You know, right, it, right. it is an affair, you know, at all But times, the habits but, carry. Yeah, and so... Um, you know, or if, if if you're lying to your employer, you know, when you're 16, 17, you're calling in sick because you want to go to a party. Well, guess what? That shady practice follows you into your career of, mm. of lying and covering up your, your, your butt, you know, when you want to do things. And, and so that, that lack of integrity, you know, and uh, if you're a, a big gossiper in, in high school or college and, and you always want to be in the mix and you always want to be in the know, that same thing follows you into your adult life. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not just, you know, people, when people hear gossip, they think, oh, it's just, that's just a woman's sin, you know, and lust is a man's sin. Man, I'm sitting here telling you, I know as many men that run their mouth and have to be in the know than women, you know, and so, uh, but I, that's what I have found to be true. Uh, and I bet if you had some 30 somethings and 40 year old somethings on, you know, to, to comment on this, they would probably say, yeah, Cliff is right on that. Mm-hmm. And Harvard, I think it was Harvard or Stanford who did uh, a study, and they said the habits that you carry into your adult life typically begin in seventh grade. That could be study habits. That could be, uh, again, uh, lying, cheating. You know, it, it could be, but it be, be, 
good things too, like discipline. Right. You know, uh, no longer drinking cokes. Uh, our friend John Mark Sharp, you know, has that successful business. Right. Yeah. Years ago, he just made a New Year's resolution: I'm not going to drink cokes anymore. And it was in his early 20s, I believe it was. And he hasn't drinking cokes. Yet. That's awesome. You know, and so it just became a, a lifestyle for him. So, anyways, the things that you struggle with now typically don't just come up. It's, it's stuff that's been in your past. So, how do you battle that? Well. Uh, Here's what I've seen. You know, if you have an archer, you know, somebody with a bow and arrow, and they're looking down the the edge of the arrow, and they see that target, you know, uh, a lot of times, like, we think, okay, I've just got to take my eyes off that target. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, there's the temptation. I've got to just you know, divert, move my eyes. Well, instead of, you know, just trying to divert your eyes or divert your thoughts, I say, just go play a whole new game. Yeah. You know, like, get completely out of the realm of what you're doing. And I got that from uh, from Pastor Rick Warren. He said, look, instead of trying to fight temptation, just completely change your perspective. Like, even physically leave the place right. if you have to, and just change what you're thinking. Because when, you, when you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I don't want that cupcake. I don't want that cupcake. It's bad for me. I've been doing so well. I don't want the cupcake. I don't right, want the cupcake. Right, right. You're still thinking about the cupcake, for Absolutely. God's sake, you know? And so mm-hmm. you're eventually going to give in. Right. And so he said, instead of thinking about the cupcake, just leave. Right. Right. And remove the temptation altogether. Right. And so uh, that, to me, has been one of the biggest helps for me personally, for me as a pastor, is to, to encourage people, listen, instead of focusing and trying to fight the temptation, right. completely change your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Completely. Not on that, not on fighting it, but on something new. Right. And, you know, the people that are listening to this, they're probably listening to this because... They're not trying to prepare in advance for something they haven't done yet. They're like, well, you know, if I ever get tempted by a really bad sin, then I want to be prepared. It's, no, this is something we're already experiencing. It's like, wow, I've just, I'm struggling with the sin. We can both relate with that. And it's, what are these guys saying? You know, how do we get away from that? And the word that's always thrown about is that you need to repent. Yeah. And when it comes to sinning, it's like, well, here's the answer. You know, use the word of God, prayer, and then don't do it. But there are actually some practical steps here that I think you're going to bring up in a second. Mm -hmm. But when we think about that word repent, kind of like what you're saying, you know, you probably heard it from your pastor or another spiritual leader that the word repent, it's taking a 180. You're Mm -hmm. walking this way, and then you turn, you make a 180, and you go the other way. We get that. Not the notorious 360. But tell me, people have said, oh, like you just need to make a 360 in the people your life. Say, have you heard people say that before? <laughs> yeah, like, you just make, need to make a, pull a 360. I'm like, three, <laughs> three, so, I'm right back where I started. I'm you like, know? That's two 180s. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, even better. <laughs> yeah, so repenting is, yeah, pulling a 180. You go about, yeah. Yeah, and, I, you know, I thought I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it on a podcast, too, uh, that I heard from a discipleship intensive that we did with Windshape, which is an organization owned by Chick-fil-A. Uh, we did it this February, and it was the, the big thing that I took away was this saying, stop trying to stop sinning and start pursuing Jesus because it's really mm-hmm. one or the other. Yeah. And when we think about repenting, we're thinking about, all right, what are the two things? Repent, you're already walking this way, meaning, okay, that would be the sin. Oh, there's sin and that's bad. You're walking this way, you need to turn around and go the other way. But we don't fill in Jesus, God, right there in that gap and stand, you know, here's the sin, turn back, go to God. We say just turn back and get away from it. But, you know, the truth is, Sin isn't just your pornography addiction. It isn't just, you know, if you hang around a certain crowd and you get drunk. It isn't your lying. It isn't your cheating. You're stealing. It isn't just those things because that's not the only thing you probably struggle with. Mm-hmm. So when you turn and you just go the other way thinking you're just going to float about and maybe latch onto God somewhere, the truth is you might get caught in another type of sin because 
I mean, there's, you know, there's your career, there's money, all these things that can now become idols. You know what I mean? So there's more possibilities. And I'm not trying to be very legalistic saying just run to God more. You know, you just got to do that. But the truth is when you don't run to the Father's arms and say, God, you know, I, I, I just really want you. I need to come and rest you. And I don't need to pray more. You know what I mean? I don't need to stop sinning and come do more for you. I just need to come and come back to this relationship and this, this, can I just talk to you? And I'm just trying not to do that anymore. I think that's what we're missing too. I don't know. What are your thoughts about like when I say that? Well, you know, there's a a picture that I saved and and, and it said, religion, oh no, I messed up. I better hide from Mm -hmm. God versus the gospel. Oh no, I messed up. I better run to God for help, Mm -hmm. you know, or my father, you know? And, and so, and that really is, um, uh, a very clear picture of of are you a religious person or do you really have that relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and um, and so much of that can even be dictated by your your relationship with your parents growing up you know did they offer a safe place when you screwed up or did you feel like you had to hide everything because mm-hmm. they were going to ruin your life you know and, yeah. and so I know a lot of people who who were so comfortable with their mom and dad and they trusted them so much that you know if they got into a bind whether they got drunk or they ended up in a place they didn't feel comfortable they're like I'm going to call my mom and dad mm-hmm. you know and they're going to come and it's going to be a safe place and yeah there's be some repercussions but i trust my mom you know and so um so you have to just ask yourself uh how is my view of god do i feel safe running to him going back to him when i screw up Mm -hmm. or am i just like adam and eve and i flee and i hide absolutely and so that that to me is you you were talking about repenting Mm -hmm. that's it yeah you know you could feel sorry and and hate the fact that you just sinned and not repent. Right. Just because you feel conviction and guilt doesn't mean that you've right. repented. And you just it's, run away from it. Yeah. It's like, well... I'm never going to do that again. But right. you never repented. You know, it, it is... There's an action of, of going away from that. Mm-hmm. And, and coming back mm-hmm. to God, like you said. And you have to have... Obviously, like you said, you need to have an accurate view of yourself because... I mean, think about what's the difference between unbelievers and believers. And somebody might say, well, you know, these these believers, these people who go to church, they're, they're better people than we are. Honestly, no, we're not. You know what I mean? Because we're all terrible people. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we're all sinners. Should, That's what that we think. be a hospital for sinners. Right. You know? And we think the word sinners is just people that mess up sometimes. You know, it's people. it means that people that are not perfect, that are not what God created you to be. We think it's, well, we're all just generally, we all mean good. You know, we all want to do good, but we just get caught up doing little a little evil and we generally do more good than bad but the truth is sinner means that's what we want you probably have a a better (laughs) description for that word but here's the difference here's the real difference between believers and unbelievers unbelievers excuse me believers are not good believers are the people that know they're not good and that's why we run back to the father Mm -hmm. so like when you're saying when you get caught up in that sin look i i have done this so many times you know, I've sinned. I've done something I'm not supposed to do. I probably hurt people in the process, and I don't even want to come read the Bible. And it's not because I know God's going to like yeah. just shame me, but it's like He's holy, and I feel like oh, I'm just I'm not living up to what He expects. But that's the same reason He died for me. Well, it's when Paul said in, in Romans, you know, does His grace cover all my sin? Well, absolutely, His grace is greater than mm-hmm. all of our sin. And so, does that mean that we can be saved and continue to live, go on, and live a life of sinning? Well. Y- the answer is still yes. His grace is greater than all your sins. Right. But here's the question. If you are in the family of God mm-hmm. and you're truly saved, why would you want 
to do things that you know was hurtful to the Father, or yeah. that the Father hates. Mm-hmm. See, a true child of God would not want to continue to do things that he know or he or she knows is against the will of the Father. Right. It's the same thing, I mean, for you and I as sons, you know, and, and for, for the, the our people who are listening, you do things that, you know, don't make mom and dad happy, mm-hmm. but you don't flaunt it. Yeah. And you're not even really proud about it. Right. You know, and so that if that means that you're living the party, sorority, fraternity life, or you're sleeping around or doing drugs or drinking or whatever it might be, cheating, lying, whatever, um, you, you try to hide those things from mm-hmm. your parents because you don't want to hurt them. The same thing should be true for a Christian. Like, you shouldn't be flippantly living your life in sin mm-hmm. because you know that it's hurtful. It's against what the Father is expecting of us and wants of us. So, so here's the question. Let's get to this. So, but why do we find ourselves going into sin? Well, Paul talks about it in Romans 7. He said, I continually find myself uh, struggling with this thing. I do the things that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. and the things that I don't want to do, I'm doing. Did I get that? Same thing is if you read it in Romans seven, it reads just like that. It's like what? What did I just read? But he's like the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things that I do, do want to do, do, I don't, don't do. do. Yeah, and so um, I remember I preached on that, and I was like, I was so tongue tied. Uh, I was in high school, and I was yeah. preaching on it. I remember the first time I read that. Uh, go read it. It's in Romans seven. Go read Paul's words because he's the way he puts it. It's like yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I feel right. as a believer. Like my I, brother, <laughs> I don't want to do these sinful things, and yet I find myself pulled to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean, we could talk about this as a fat person. Like I'm so tired of being overweight, but I'm constantly pulled to the slice of pizza. Why? You right. know. And so there's a lot. Just as there with the fat person with with a high calorie uh, thing right there, whether it's cupcake or pizza. There's a physical issue going on, mm-hmm. and that, and I wanted to make this transition. There is it's not just a spiritual battle, although it is a spiritual battle, and and, and we know that the the war is not flesh and, and and blood, right? But there is a physical thing that's going right. on, and I want to explain this, and I want I want our listeners to be very clear on this. Sin damages the brain, mm-hmm. okay? Whether it's addiction to alcohol. Drugs, smoking, um, pornography. Uh, you could be addicted to all kinds of crazy things. Right. Psychologically, mm-hmm. it creates ruts and pathways in your brain, like mm-hmm. physical pathways and ruts in your brain. And so the example that I used uh, one Sunday when I was preaching, we have a big lake out front. And I said, if I were to go and run around that lake... Uh, for a couple of days, are you going to see the path that I created after just one, two, three times? No. Mm-hmm. No, one or two, three times, not going to create a path. But if I go and run around that lake a dozen times, a couple dozen times, and maybe a hundred times, you will quickly begin to see a trail, a path mm-hmm. that I have made. But it takes a lot of times to do that. Now, say I stop running and I don't run that path for a week. Is that path gone? Mm-mm. No, it's still there. How long does it take for that path to go away? A while. Probably a lot longer than it took to build it. Yeah, absolutely. And you're thinking, you might even come back to that lake and say, man, that path's still there? Mm-hmm. 
And so that is happening in your mind. Mm -hmm. When you continue to give in to sin, especially habitual sin, you create those pathways in your brain. And um, and you can say, man, I've stopped for two months, you know, and that, that might even be a miracle. Some of us have been committing the same sin uh, for almost our entire spiritual life, right. and we haven't even been able to quit for two months. Yeah. It has such a hold on us. And so so you maybe you get to two months, you know, and you're like, I still find myself pulled to it. Well, yeah, that's because the ruts are still there. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time physically for them to go back uh, to, the, to the way they were before. And so there really is a physical pulling, a psychological pulling that's not just the temptation from the devil, that's just not the temptation from your flesh, but it's also uh, the damage that you caused to your brain. Right. And and we need to understand that. And so freedom from sin, freedom, you'll never be free from temptation, mm-hmm. right? Which we understand that temptation is not sin. But right. that battle will be a fierce battle mm-hmm. for a long time, especially if you've been giving into that sin for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you might go six months. You might even go a year. You'll still find yourself getting pulled there. Mm-hmm. And so you you've got to be aware that it's yes it's it is a spiritual battle we know that this entire life is a spiritual battle but it's also a physical battle mm-hmm. and you need to you need to be aware and give yourself space for that and and I always like to say this you know don't you hate when you feel guilty after you sin, mm-hmm. whether it's lying or you lost your cool on somebody or or it is that same sin that you give in. It's gossip. You're like, I can't believe I did that again. Because it's instantaneous. You're just yeah. like, oh, yeah, there right. I go. And you're like, man, I got into the flesh again, you know. Right. And so, uh, but I used to hate that because I always felt guilty. But then I've learned, man, that's the Holy Spirit in me convicting me. Right. And now I see that conviction. I hate it, but I lean into it and I'm like, oh. That's the Holy Spirit inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it's confirmation that God is dwelling with me. Absolutely. I'm still not pleased, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it feels so good to know that the Father deposited the Holy Spirit into my soul, and it's doing its job. Teaching. <laughs> you know, it's uh, a lot of us are, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops, a lot of us are like living life. How many of you that are listening drive your cars and you have all these uh, warning lights on, mm-hmm. whether it's for oil, gas light, you know, uh, tire tire is, is low, engine lights on, whatever it is, all these lights are on and they've been on for a long time. A lot of us are riding through life and those engine lights are flashing. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you need to do something or something's about to break down. Yeah. And how many people have broken down because they've ignored the warnings in their life? And we have got to heed that conviction that the Holy Spirit tells us because the Holy Spirit, what's what's best for us? Mm-hmm. Not health, wealth, bull crap like that. Right. But he wants what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And so we better listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Right. And what is best for us is not sin. We can easily think Christianity is tied up in some rule book and there's all these things God said don't do, which we actually think is fun. But the closer you get to God, not religion and self-righteousness, but the closer you get to him and who he is and understanding who God is, you get to you begin to see who you are as a sinner. And it's not just a rule book because he wants what's good for you. And the reason these things are called sin and these are do not do's on the rule list, if you call it, is because they don't work with how you were created and how everything else yeah. was created. They do not jive together. And, you know, I also 
it's hard for me to remember when I mention illustrations or like analogies or stories on one podcast episode just, or, you know, throw I'm throwing it out there. Jeff Jones, who was on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago uh, before he had to leave us. But I'll mention this. Jeff told me this illustration, analogy, whatever, and it was really good. He said, imagine this when we're talking about flesh and the spirit. Imagine you have two trees in the backyard and you got two Rottweilers tied up to them. And they're you know they're they're mad at each other but they're tied up to the tree so you know they're they're not close to each other but they're always constantly growling now imagine you take one of those rottweilers and you feed him good food steak water over a week or two and the other one you just starve completely and then you break those chains and they go at it well obviously the one that's going to win is the one you've been feeding pretty dang good food and giving him water not starving and so when we think about that with our spiritual life and our flesh the question is what have you been feeding? Have you been feeding the flesh or the spirit? Mm-hmm. Because don't expect the spirit of God, oh, well, I'm going to, this is what you mentioned before the podcast, I'm going to go to this party where I'm prone to drunkenness. I, this is what I was before a Christian. Well, I'm going to go to this party because, you know, I've got the spirit of God living in me. He'll protect me. <laughs> I'd probably be drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just the truth. I counseled somebody today, and he said he's so tired of giving in to the drunken drunkenness lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you do? And he said, well, uh, I get invited to go to these places, and, and, and I just feel like, okay, it's going to be different this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's changed? Well, nothing's changed. Right. And, and so for our, our listeners today, you know, when you're invited back to your significant other's house, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and you know that you're constantly battling that, that, that temptation, which, by the way, is natural. Right. Um, but you don't want to give in. Well, you got to ask yourself, okay, well, did we make any plans? Did we, did we put any safety barriers in between us, you know? And exactly. The old school, you know, youth minister, this is not – I don't think it's relevant today. Maybe it still is. But you can't make up your mind – uh, that you're going to be sexually pure when you're in the back seat of a car, <laughs> right? Yeah. And maybe it still is relevant today, but mm-hmm. but you know it's like you can't wait till you're in that moment to make the major decision. Right, it's too late. You, you've got to have that decision already made, and so something's got to give, something has got to change, and it's got to be a change of your thought process. And so it doesn't really matter what sin it is. We can go down the list, but whatever it is, you have got to put safety barriers in. You have to have accountability, and, and with accountability is embarrassment in a lot of ways. With accountability, though, is tremendous freedom. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to lean in and push through that awkwardness, the feelings of failure. I did it again, and the, but the, and the feelings of of uh, embarrassment, because you, if you push through that, the feeling of freedom is even sweeter and it's purer. Mm-hmm. And so, be willing to be accountable and honest with somebody. And I'm just talking about like one or two people, and it's they better have already proven themselves to you, right? You know, and so be very cautious with that. Mm-hmm. And we think about these. You're providing some now practical steps to fighting temptation when it comes, because it's going to come. You know, even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. I mean, how did he fight temptation? He was tempted with food. Amen. He was fasting for four days. <laughs> And, you know, it's not temptation unless you actually want it. I mean, Satan tempted him with the whole world. And we just think, well, why would Jesus go bow down to Satan? You know what I mean? But, I mean, obviously something in him almost desired that. Well, it's, all about, it's all about power. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Would there you, was... Would you rather have power or wealth? Power. Most people would say wealth because we've never had wealth. But people with wealth want power. Yeah, give me power. That's a whole that's a that's a whole another topic of conversation. Absolutely. It's always power. I'll yeah, take power. power. Yeah. But you know, how did Jesus fight 
Satan in the wilderness with the Word of God. Yeah. And so this is kind of cheesy, but like, do we know the Word of God enough to when we're tempted, it's like, okay, I know I shouldn't do that. Like, we know we shouldn't do it, but like, does the Word of God pop into our mind? Now, not for every specific sin that I face is it popping into my mind, but there is a lot of conviction there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better hide hide uh, His Word in your heart. I mean, I think about, uh, I think there's like an old school Natalie Grant song. It's like, Thy Word is a lamp to my Why feet and a light podcast? unto my path. I think this is Thank a secret you. inner cry for you to get off this podcast and get like go platinum or get a record label or something like that just to get away from here <laughs> i always thought i just had to get my teeth done to be platinum but I, you know whatever ah, you're so funny ah. so jesus fought temptation <laughs> with the word of god we got to do the same thing and then with prayer too not just prayer that you will be tempted less but prayer changes you as well as it changes other things yeah that's right that's right um but prayer isn't going to magically deliver you from sin absolutely not and I just, I just don't know if God just takes away um, that sinful desire from you either. Absolutely. Now I've I've heard stories of like alcoholics and drug addicts mm-hmm. who they say they went through something and they prayed and they never desire that ever again. Right. That's not the norm. Right. But even Paul had a thorn in his side, and he said that that was put there. Or is it maybe a commentary said, I don't know if it was mentioned specifically in Scripture, but maybe it was there to have him reliant on God. Or yeah. I don't know if he mentioned that, but I don't know where right. I got that from. But So not everything's just going to be magically delivered you know, through prayer, obviously. Other practical tips, like use your um, – and look, I'm not speaking from I'll have it all together because I struggle with sin so much anyways. But like use your imagination too and know what you struggle with, whether – here's the example again, going to the party, don't go to the party. I porn addiction that's a big thing now cell phones mm-hmm. you literally have the internet in your bed when you're at night and which is not a good time you know to have connection to the world wide web and it's like I'll, I'll share this like my temptation is to be on my phone at night when I need to mm-hmm. go to bed because if I don't get up when I should then I'm not going to read my bible mm-hmm. and I've only read it like twice last week you know what I mean because mm-hmm. I was staying up too late and so I know if I don't do it the night before, I'm not going to be ready to get up in the morning. So what do I do? I plug my phone up and set it on the dresser across the room. Or I wish I could have it outside the room, but it's it's my alarm clock. So right. who buys alarm clocks anyways? <laughs> Weirdos. Well, um, I had a thought and I lost it. <laughs> it was going to be phenomenal. Well, that's a first for you, isn't it? <laughs> it was going to be phenomenal. It was going to be so good. Any other practical tips on your end, Pastor Cliff? Yeah, my thought was a practical tip, and I lost it. I'm so mad. Well, I've said everything that I can say, technically. <laughs> well, I think we, we gave some some good tips. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm really mad. I, I, I had this thought about pornography, and I just want to say it. I had the, the talk with my son. He's coming into sixth grade, and mm-hmm. and, um, and a part of my talk with, with him was about pornography. He didn't know what it was or he said he didn't know what it was you know and so um but i told him i spent about 10 minutes talking about porn the dangers of it Mm -hmm. what it was i just you know i was very elementary with it but i just said your dad counsels just as many people who are addicted to porn than people who are addicted to alcohol and to drugs Mm -hmm. i said it's dangerous Mm -hmm. and it will destroy lives i said if if your mom caught dad looking at porn she would feel like i was cheating on her Mm -hmm. as if i was sleeping with another woman i said it's that serious and and so son you need to know that if you're somewhere and you see it you need to leave immediately because it is dangerous and 
we as adults we don't see it that way because we've been playing with fire you know long enough right. and we just don't see it as dangerous and and yet it's burning us up mm-hmm. like we're, we're living constantly with fire around us and and that fire from from that sin uh, dulls the light of Christ from getting out from us. Right. And so we have got to understand just how dangerous sin is. Especially if you're dating with pornography. Mm. That'll that'll just push you into a physical relationship. Yeah, you're in a room in that relationship. Yep. Sorry, did I steal your train of thought there that you finally caught? Nope. You're that that that's it. Sin is dangerous and, and I'm telling you, gossip all, gossip will ruin a marriage, just like looking at porn. Mm-hmm. Lying, of course will will love of money will ruin a, a marriage yeah. all those things will ruin marriages mm-hmm. P- porn alcohol drug those are the big ones but i'm telling you even the little ones that seem innocuous mm-hmm. those are dangerous and don't need to be played with right so big takeaway for me especially if we talk about this and just a few reminders that you mentioned it's not just about trying to run away from sin because it's um plan ahead you know know where your weaknesses are which for me they're everywhere (laughs) so i just stay at home all the time (laughs) no i'm kidding but um plan ahead make the decision in your mind before you're in the situation yeah and for me to tag along is if you get into that situation uh and and you're you're feeling that pull then completely change your mind like Mm -hmm. your your thought process leave that situation you know and remember i use the example of you know you're on a diet and the cupcake is right there don't sit there at the table and say okay i'm not going to eat it i don't need to eat it right the longer you're there the more likely you are to give in right same thing is true for sin the longer you sit there in that moment you're going to give in right and so you've got to change your thought process. And remember this, it is it is a spiritual battle, but there's also physical, psychological damage that we do to our brain that takes a long time to recover from. So if you've been living in sin for a long time, don't think that just because you've abstained for two or a couple of months that you're, you're free from it. Mm-hmm. It will be a, a, an ongoing battle for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear in the Bible when it mentions even to the point of salvation that you have to repent and believe, and the repentance doesn't stop. Once you give your life to Christ, because as we mentioned, it's an everyday battle. And true repentance isn't just running from the sin, but it's actually running towards Christ. Because if you're sinning, you're not loving, and you're definitely really not loving God in that moment. So that's, in a sense, of what it is, Cliff. Okay. Good podcast. We covered a very practical thing today. That sounds like a very weird comment. (laughs) I don't know why that was so weird. Uh, Forgive me. It's kind of weird now. It's like the the reverse of a church service. You do announcements at the beginning, oh. and it's like I feel like we have announcements at the end. I have no announcements, but please uh, go rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can actually make money off this thing. <laughs> did, you, did you say that one time? Maybe I stole that. <laughs> yeah, I want to make money so I can quit my day job. Yeah, I'm, being I'm a not pastor. good at either. <laughs> Me either. Cliff? The next Billy Graham sounding off. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else? I just said it. Next Billy Graham signing off. Yeah, check us out on video, too. Uh, if you don't watch us on video, we're on YouTube. You can just search Weston Downing. I'm trying to make money off my name as well. Praise God. And, West, uh, Western Downing. West, <laughs> yeah, Western Downing. Best Western Downing. And if you're watching us on YouTube, we are on Apple and Spotify for your cutting grass experience to <laughs> listen to us and on those lonesome drives. And uh, this was the Long Run Podcast, and we will see you next week deuces